somebody uh, made a Rick and Morty anime that's like coming soon. I have never watched that. My that's parents said that Cartoon Network would melt my brain. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> but again, now it's like a commitment. Like I have to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Cartoon Network? Yeah. I watched uh, yeah. Teen Titans though. Hey. Yeah. If you're gonna watch one Cartoon Network show, that's that's. I mean, I was a, a kid when one. I watched it. But this was before my parents became aware of American TV. Like oh. it was like we first, we just moved. Oh, I'm, I'm not from the States. All right, let, <laughs> let's go. We're doing this. Here we go. Okay, wait, can you hear me? I don't know. Yeah, we're cool. here. We're yeah. here in Marina, by the way. Yay, thanks. A community vet. Oh, <laughs> So not from the States. No. Originally. No. Where from? Uh, my family's French. Uh, ah. I was born outside of Paris, and then my dad was like of the early techies. Ooh. Um, there's no jobs in France like around the uh -huh. like 1990s around tech that much, so we moved to England. Whoa. So I lived in a suburb outside of London for like seven years of my life. Whoa. Um, which is why, like, English is not my native technically, but pretty much. At this I wouldn't point. Have like, I got educated in like <laughs> fully in English. I was never like in the French education system. And really. Then, we moved to California, the Bay, when I was eight. Whoa. Yeah. So I had a British accent everything. Wild. So England for about seven, eight years, and seven then the Bay. Years. And yeah. then how long in the Bay? Till I was 18. So 10 years, like a decade. So you spent most, of well, my I life. guess, to this point, yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah. yeah. The Bay Area is still where I say I'm from. Yeah? Yeah. That's home. Yeah. My parents and my siblings are still there, too. Do you get to go back? Often or at all? Like? You know, the, the, the holiday vibes, like okay. winter holidays okay. and stuff like that. Gotcha. People don't realize the Bay is five, six hours away from New York, and so is France. And so <laughs> I, like, choose <laughs> each time. I stopped for a second in my brain because I was like, nah, it's way further than five, six hours, but you meant by plane. Oh, yeah, <laughs> by plane. Yo, imagine if I'm swimming the Atlantic Ocean. Like. That's interesting. So you're, like, right in the middle. Yeah. And was it dance that brought you to New York? School. Fordham school. University. What were yeah. you going to school for? I went for international relations. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, it was actually called international studies. Like, different colleges call it differently. Mm -hmm. It was basically just, like, this interdisciplinary social science major okay. that combined, like, cultural communications, politics, development, like, anything under the sun regarding, mm -hmm. like, cross-cultural like economies huh. and things like that. So you kind of got to pick yeah. what you wanted to do, um, which I did, because I love doing that, like making my own way. <laughs> oh. And like, did you have like uh, an idea of what you wanted to use that for? When I first looked it up, I was literally just typing like multicultural, like exchange major people. Mm. <laughs> like, I just remember looking up random stuff because at the time I thought I wanted to be like, this kind of badass making like negotiations between <laughs> companies in different countries. Okay. I don't know. I was 17. Um, <laughs> no, and it's then, definitely a thing though. <laughs> and then I found this major. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and then I went for it and I ended up doing a lot more like politics and like mm. community development and uh, cross-cultural communications, mm. which was really fun. We had some really great professors because the UN is in New York. Right. Um, so learned a lot about international development and strategy, um, as well as community, how communities operate mm. and political theory around like power. Interesting. And so that's why I ended up going into the nonprofit world. Got um, you. Yeah. 
Whoa. Okay. <laughs> this is the most not dance we've talked about starting this podcast. This is so yeah. interesting. So were were you dancing growing up or did you discover later on? Like how did that come in? Yeah. Um I started dancing when I was about two. Okay. Um my mom apparently the way she tells it is I was like dancing to the end of the movie credits to some kind of movie in England <laughs> and someone saw me because it's really rainy in England if you didn't yeah. know <laughs> and so there are people who clean the windows and the person saw me and told my mom like you need to put her in a dance mm. class I have no idea what I was doing but I have <laughs> pictures of me in, like these tiny ballet outfits yeah. when I was two and three I couldn't skip so my mom thought that it was a mistake but I figured it out and from that point forward I was actually a really dedicated to ballet until mm. I was about nine years old. Um, Interesting. Yeah. What what changed, what stopped about ballet? Um, I mean, ballet is pretty vigorous on your body. Mm. And my brother is 15 months younger than me. Okay. And the reason that matters and the influence it has is like, him and I would always hang out and mm. we'd also fight a lot. And mm. so we were very, like, I was like a very physical, like, child. Uh -huh. um, I loved, like, climbing up on trees and all that. Mm. Like, we would say tomboy, like, back in the right, day. Right, right, right. Um, and he was doing martial arts. Oh, okay. And I was like, I want to do that too. And your body changes a lot. And right. so I started doing other things and the ballet teachers at the time, because I was on a like professional ballet track, oh, shit. they started noticing that my hips were changing. Mm. And so they were essentially telling me that I couldn't do, like as a child, like you can't do this, you can't Whoa. do this sport. Spending like hours after class, like reorienting my skeleton, whatever that means Whoa. to like keep it 180 in your hips and everything like that. And I'm very headstrong, and I hated it. I was like, stop, I'm done with this. And I flat out quit. <laughs> that is intense for a nine-year-old. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, so then did you end up doing martial arts? Yeah, I did. I did Sick. karate for five years. Sick. Yeah, it was really fun. How, like, high, like, how high up? To brown belt. and black belt. Whoa, yeah. that's awesome. Did you, like, specialize in any, like, katas or like weapon stuff or like anything like that yeah i did size and bow bows yeah. oh um, sick yeah size of the with the three yes that rafael uses right in the Ninja yeah. turtles mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah and uh funny story is once i was practicing it and there's like a you sometimes put it around your head and i scratched myself by accident and i didn't realize until like an hour later it's just like bleeding <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> too good at this <laughs> too strong too strong <laughs> That's sick, though. And then, so you did that from, like, about nine till one? Fourteen. Okay. Um, then it got too expensive for mm. my family to continue it. Um, so I ended up going back to dance mm. at that point. So I didn't dance for five years of my life there. Did you go straight back to ballet or? A mix of both. So I did, I did ballet, jazz, mm. um, those two, which, like, mainly. Um, at just, like, a technical school instead okay. of a professional school. So it was a lot less competitive and a lot less, like, strict uh -huh. um and i actually only found other forms of dance um well through my friends right in middle school we had our middle school dances you mm -hmm. had the soldier boy <laughs> you know you still had like the influences of the hyphy movement in the bay yeah um and i loved i would go on like youtube rabbit holes mm -hmm. of like case and joe r&b mm -hmm. and like e40 um but i didn't know how to dance to it right mm. like i was like this like awkward ballet girl uh -huh. um but all my friends were just dancing in the garage and like any place or at the like middle school dance parties got lit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, that's when I was like, oh, I want to know how to move different. Mm. But I didn't know how to go about it because my mom, like, again, it's like navigating how do I talk about different cult like aspects of American culture to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not until high school where I had more freedom mm-hmm. and decided to just start freestyling mm. a lot more with my friends. Like, awkwardly. Like, I was still pointing my toes. Okay. <laughs> 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 but... Um, yeah, it was there that I started taking more classes, and there was um, Bibi Khalil. She is um, a dan- hip hop teacher in the Bay. Okay. Um, I might be that was her dancer name, so I like can't remember her full legal name, but she would she started teaching, and I decided to take it one day because it was in the same studio where I was taking other classes, mm. um, and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. And she was part of like the circle for Konometry SF, which was like one of the first like. One of the established dance companies in this uh, Bay Area at the time. Mm. And yeah, so I started following them a little bit. Um, there was a dance, uh, my high school was really, really well versed in dance. Mm. Um, we had like a professional, like we had like a um, dance as part of our curriculum if we oh. wanted to take it. Oh. So um, I started taking that, and there were a lot of, there was like, we had a really good hip hop dance team because our sports sucked. <laughs> <laughs> All the athletes were in dance class. I mean, well, no, it was more like everyone would go to watch the halftime and still cheer on. We had a lot of spirit. We had a lot of spirit as yeah. high school, but yeah, we weren't we weren't that great in our sports, except for like volleyball. That's oh, that's fun. That's literally our high school. Yeah, like JJ graduated the year before we came in. Like we all went to the same high school, but he graduated when we were becoming freshmen. And his senior year football team won like the whole state championship, I guess. Wow, go off. So like coming in freshman year, we see all these juniors who became seniors with these like dope black letterman jackets. And I'm like, oh cool, we got a dope football school. Nope. (laughs) All four years, all the teams sucked. Dang. So y'all were a super team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and the, but the the volleyball, the girls' volleyball team was so good. Like yeah. we were friends with all them, so like those were the only games we would like actually go watch, and like they were nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I was yeah. dancing a lot there. Interesting. So like, you really just like started picking up uh, like hip hop and street stuff, like just through osmosis, just being around it and wanting to learn from it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was very visible everywhere. Yeah. You know, there was still a lot of influence from Oakland. Yeah. Um, and so, you you know, you soaked it in where you could because right. that was the way we celebrated. We even had, like, every Friday in high school, we would have quad, like, party, like, quad lunch because mm. um, California, so outdoor campus. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. It was great. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so we would always have like a lot of fun music, like yeah. everyone's dancing. We had a lot of different cultures too at our school, yeah. like from Latinx to Tongan. We mm. had like a pretty significant Tongan population, Filipino population. And so people would just like have clubs, like come dance, like nice. during the quad as well as our hip hop dance team. Sick, sick. And you were on the team? Not the first year, okay. but the second year, yeah. My good friends were on the team mm. and I had this crush on a boy mm. It's always a boy. <laughs> I had this crush on a boy, and he was both in the like academic dance portion, which is like jazz, lyrical, tap, okay. uh, ballet, uh, not ballet, jazz, lyrical, and tap. Um, and he was like, this is terrible, but this was also like 2010. He was like, Marina, I'm going to make you ghetto in a year. 
And I was like, bet, challenge accepted, because I liked the guy. Um, but yeah, and that really propelled me. Yeah. Sadly, it's okay. I've seen, I've seen Save the hip-hop. Last Dance. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no, that's cool, though. Like, so, because you mentioned you started uh, basically by, like, freestyling and, like, uh, doing it with your friends and stuff. Did you... Um, sort of like meet any challenges learning like was it choreo like being part of the team and stuff like how different was learning steps mm-hmm. you know from just like kind of vibing in it mm-hmm. I think for me the biggest issue actually is like posture mm. because coming from ballet there's a very specific posture in the mm-hmm. way you establish your body and within my own family like French like a French family we don't it's not like we're like accustomed or our bodies, our ancestors have like that kind of like groove, mm. frankly. So it was more about that, like finding more of that like depth and being able to understand it in yeah. a way where it's like not part of me, but having to like step into it as a guest. Yeah. And that was the thing that took the longest. Like at the time, I would have to wear super baggy clothes to like in my brain transition yeah. from a ballet posture to like a hip hop posture. But it was to the point where if I was wearing anything different, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able Interesting. Because my body just used that as a way yeah. to try and transition. So that was the hardest part because it really affected like any way your momentum moves um, in hip hop. Gotcha. Um, and once I got that, I think because I had been dancing for so long in my life and martial arts, which mm. Kata is like, that's choreo. Right. Right. <laughs> my, I have my, I have a pretty like good kinetic learning ability mm. where those things... I could pick up quickly. Mm-hmm. The biggest, the hardest part has always been the mental part when it comes to being able to freestyle. Yeah. I mean, like street styles. Yeah. I love, I love what you said about uh, putting on certain clothes helped you get in that um, sort of mode. Because um, I, I always think about um, whether it's like a, a football player putting on uniform. Like putting on a mask, so to speak, helps develop character for whatever you're doing, right? So, like, for us in high school, it was about, like, being the Jabberwockies. Like, ABDC was, like, the big thing when when we were in high school. And I, like, I personally grew up dancing, but not, like, in it, in it, not, like, living it. Um, But then, like, I remember dancing with the mask on and feeling, there's, there's a... a liberation almost in like putting on a costume so to speak and like mm-hmm. being that character yeah. and then I think finding your yourself like the true character within exactly. yourself is the best yeah, like ask. breakthrough yeah you know um so like did you find like a moment of breakthrough or like what you were like oh th- like this is my shit like this is I love this part of it I must have. Yeah. I think I don't have an exact moment of mm. recollection. Like, I'm not sure if you have, like, do you have a moment of recollection, like, exactly when? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a moment for me. I think it's more of, like, for me, it's just uh, a feeling, like a, yeah. a, a carried on feeling of various <laughs> moments of, like, oh, yeah, I liked how this felt when I did this or uh, when I experienced freestyling or whatever the case. But, yeah, yeah, not, like, a specific moment i would say but definitely an aspect yeah like is there like a favorite aspect you had where it's like oh i loved freestyling versus choreo i love mm. choreo versus or whatever 
Man, I kind of like it all. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in choreography for a lot longer, mm -hmm. right? Um, that was like the easiest avenue at the time. Um, and it's easy because I was always a performer, mm -hmm. like since I was a child. So choreography in a way, you can kind of tune out having to be like super vulnerable within yourself. Mm. And you can just step in and be like, okay, I'm learning here. Yeah. Like I'm just doing this thing. And I kind sometimes I can go on autopilot mm -hmm. with choreography and then choose which, you know, character I want to be for right. the day based on what they give and just go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like almost, it was very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it was freestyle that was really hard mm -hmm. because again, for me, it's always been a huge mental game um, of being able to show up and be authentic mm -hmm. um, and true to yourself mm -hmm. while also navigating feelings of, are people going to accept me? Mm -hmm. You know, like, are they going to think I'm whack? Mm -hmm. Are they... Um, like, does this make, like, yeah, like every moment I felt like was a risk of whether people decided I could continue there or mm. like, have, like leave or start at zero. And I think that that was, I mean, there's some truth to that, but there's also a lot of my own fear to that. Right. Um, that that was the hardest part, actually, yeah. for any kind of freestyle. I still feel it today, um, but it's a lot less prevalent. Yeah. No, I, I definitely get that. Like, I have that same thing where... It's it's more of the story that I'm telling myself yeah. than the reactions I'm actually getting. Um, but I I and that's why I said I can tell because I I noticed that so like I said like we actually met through choreo yeah but then like I've, I had seen you probably either performing like a prelude or but definitely team based mm -hmm. I know that for sure. But then, especially with uh, Modega opening up, um, I started to see, like, around at the sessions and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you kind of dabble in, like, a little bit of all the aspects of dance. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, I'm really curious what your sort of, like, focus is on or, like, if you even have. Because, you know, it's totally fine to just be like, yeah, I like to do this. I like to do a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, um, I guess... Let's take it back to coming to New York. Yeah. Because um, since you came here for school, how did dance get incorporated here? Yeah. I mean, I kind of chose New York for dance. Like, okay. I chose the school based on its proximity to uh -huh. dance resources. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, um, so I think for me, when I was a child and I decided, you know what, I don't want to be a professional ballerina, mm. I think, and the way my mom reacted and years after that, I think somewhere in my brain I had shut off the possibility of being a professional dancer. Mm. Like I was just like, this is not for me, doesn't work. And I just never, I never revisited it. Mm. I don't know why, I just blocked it out of my brain. And so coming, but I always was like, dance, I have to dance. Like my, even my like college admissions essay had something <laughs> to do with like my emotions and dancing as a way to like figuring out a path when I feel really frustrated. Mm. And and was very involved in my school with um, the dance team mm. and even uh, the youth team for Funkonometry was Funksters. Like I was the captain one year and things Sick. like that. So it was always like, it to me was like not, not optional. Like mm. I'm dancing no matter yeah. what. And um, so Fordham Lincoln Center is approximately 15 minute walk from BDC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would go take class a lot. 
Um, and so I dabbled between industry and community. Mm. Um, and I joined team, I actually joined Mint and Synchronic Dance Team at the same time. Nice. My spring year, freshman year. <clears throat> and then proceeded to join Serendipity and Neighbors. <laughs> not do Mint anymore, but stay on Synchronic. So I was on like three teams. Because I was just like, yeah, just give it to me. It was like a way of connecting with folks. And I just loved learning and dancing and yeah. performing. Um, so I don't, at the time, I think I was just like, this is what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe, just maybe, I could, you know, start doing gigs and mm. things on the side. Because mm -hmm. I was like, this could be like something I do on the side yeah. for, because I, I love it. Um, and then uh, I moved to DC for a brief mm. work stint in 2018 okay and there I met a few folks I was on Capital Funk and I met a few folks <laughs> I was on so many teams like I became like a you know I just been on a lot of teams I'm not gonna say the word anymore but that was a word for that type of person <laughs> that we would like to use um uh yeah and I met a few folks and I ended up meeting someone who <clears throat> again ended up dating <laughs> And he opened up the idea of industry. And I was like, oh, maybe mm. I really could do this thing. And so for like two, three years after that, I was like full force, like, okay, maybe I can actually do an industry thing in this while still working. Because yeah. my brain was always like, I can just do both. Yeah. Um, and so when I moved back to New York, uh -huh. I did a lot of industry. Again, freestyle was starting to come up a lot more. Mm. Um, I was going to XPG right before I moved to mm. D.C., I took a lot of Tweet Boogies classes, which if y'all don't know her, look her up. Um, and I, in D.C., went to Urban Artistry mm -hmm. and met Rashad. Um, again, also another amazing dancer. Definitely look him up. Um, <clears throat> and I started, like, dabbling in, like, trying to understand this free, like, hip-hop as a culture. Mm -hmm. Not just as a thing I liked doing and enjoyed the music of, mm -hmm. but really, like, its culture and its connection to black culture. Mm -hmm. And that's when... When I moved back to New York and I found Ladies of Hip Hop, mm. I like completely dove in yeah. because it felt it no longer was just something I liked doing, mm -hmm. but like a whole culture and community mm. that felt a lot more whole. And it started making like my freestyle started becoming more authentic. Mm. Because before, I think I was just dancing the way I like to move, yeah. but without any actual roots, without any actual connection mm. to how things, you know, come, like where it comes from, yeah. spiritually, emotionally, culturally, all those things. Yeah. And it was only, so now that was 2019, um, but I found Lisa from 2020, but I knew about them in 2019, right. started working with them in 2020. Gotcha. Um, that's when I started really becoming fuller, I guess, mm -hmm. as a dancer and like in more sessions and operating those spaces because you can't be a hip hop dancer and not be in those sessions and ciphers. Like, right. that's just my personal opinion, but I think that's where a lot of things happen. Yeah. Um, and I also started getting mentored by Tatiana Zalba, who is incredible mm -hmm. as well. And just a lot of like really strong black women who have been pivotal in their communities. Mm. And yeah, that's when things started clicking actually. Now that like, we're going back to that question, like no, I have don't. to tell the story to be like, oh yeah, yeah. that's when that happened. No, we got there. That's the, that's yeah. the important part. Um, wow, I, I, I love what you said about learning more about the culture allowed you to find your more authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, I heard a, a phrase recently, actually here, working here, um, freedom within structure. Mm. So it's like once you learn 
the structure, the rules, whatever's set up for success, it then frees you up to do your thing within those parameters. Mm. Um, so like what, I don't know, what's a, an example of like a cultural discovery you made that sort of unlocked that? It's hard to point to one thing mm. because I think it's actually the people. Mm. Um, it's people and stories. Like hmm. hip hop exists and is 50 years old now because <laughs> of people and stories and the emotions that they're bringing and like the, yeah, like hip, uh, most hip hop songs like from the beginning were about stories, right. people's lives. And so I think it was actually just connecting with people mm -hmm. and going beyond just, oh, that's a dope move mm. to really, yeah, like having conversations, establishing relationships. Yeah. And that's when, and like experiencing together um, mm. and those spaces where for me that fed a lot of, oh, like. I think I like I have more of an intuitive understanding to like how this is like I hear this right. how this feels right. and people are being really patient with me too because mm. as a guest it's like you know op, you're navigating like how can I be here yeah. and learn um, but also people are embrace like hip hop culture like people are the most are embracing so yeah. many folks and um, yeah yeah I think that's one of the I don't know I guess like funny things about hip hop culture where like uh, aesthetically, mm -hmm. it can come off very aggressive, mm. but internally, it's very open and loving, espe yeah. especially more, and this is obviously leaning more towards, like, the dance community specifically. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I, like, I mean, just taking, like, the most, like, infant form of hip-hop dance was, like, breaking, right? Right. Like, it just looks intimidating as fuck like it's athletic as hell like there's you know battles like last night um we were at a behind the groove oh nice you know rock and quicks event um and it's a lot of a lot of uh breaking culture there yeah and it was so dope at one point like i think maybe one or two people just started getting into um i think it's called a brooklyn rock it's like part of top rock that's like going at each other gotcha and it started with like two people and then four people and then like eight oh, people. And I was like, yo, and you could just feel the energy like yeah. catching. And again, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like, like, are they about to fight? You know what I mean? Like, but right. But knowing the intention, knowing the, mm -hmm. the emotion behind it yeah. helps, helps you enjoy it more. Um, and then also helps you figure out right. what you like or where you fit into all this, you know, the, this big picture. Yeah, yeah. I hate to take it to an academic perspective, but no, what's, it's do. interesting <laughs> because I think a lot of times, like, we mistake a lot of passion and energy for aggression, mm. and it's such a, like, it's such a, like, white, dominant, white supremacist <laughs> cultural thing where, like, the idea is to, like, hold this, like, very like, mm. steady front, got to, like, have this, like, very, pro like, what is professional, but... Mm. You know, to the point where when a lot of emotion occurs, people are like, I don't know how to navigate this. Like, what does this mean? Right. And yeah, it's just interesting because I agree. Like, you, once you're, like, in this, like, understanding and, like, in friendship and relationship with folks in that culture, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this is, like, you're so energized. Yes. You know, in yes. a way. And it's so much more nuanced than yeah. just, like, 100% right. all the time. Yeah. Like you said, it's passion. Like, it's just different expressions of 
of passion. Oh my god, and that and that's what makes it great. And I feel like that's one of the things people need to be educated on more is like the emotion behind the movement. I mean, that's decolonization right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, yeah, damn. So, okay, since you brought it up, I, I, I was going to try to wait till later to talk about it. But, so <laughs> the Ladies in Hip Hop Fest yeah. just, ha- like, just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, sad I didn't go, but it was on my birthday, so <laughs> had had other things going on. That makes sense. Did you uh, enjoy your birthday? Sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was great. It was great. It was super chill. Like, probably the most chill birthday I've ever had, <laughs> which was perfect. Um... But yeah, so you started working with the company in 2020? 2020. Mm -hmm. How did you approach them? Did they approach you? Mm -hmm. What sort of position did you take within the company? Like, what's that like? Yeah. Um, So as a nonprofit organization, Ladies of Hip Hop, the founder, Michelle Bear McPhee, um, she also used to work with another nonprofit org Mm. around the area. And at the time in 2019, I was just trying to find spaces to volunteer in. Mm. Um, and so I was volunteering for this other organization and I just they just told me to be at this like outdoor festival somewhere or not not festival, but you know, an out like open streets type of vibe yeah. event um, in Harlem. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'll show up, you know, I'll help table and do whatever they need me to do. So I show up and there who is operating the event for this organization is Michelle Berg McPhee and like Beastie or Tomo Car, like they're there uh, working the event. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, getting to know them, just like working the event. And uh, yeah, that's when I first met Michelle. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was, I've always just been like, what do you need me to do? And mm-hmm. I'll do it type of person. Yeah. You know, um, I'm very, uh, I guess it's like resourceful. Like I'll find ways to help fill in gaps mm-hmm. just because um, I'm working in the nonprofit space, I understand a lot of. A lot of work yeah. ends up being like multiple based. hats. <laughs> yeah. Like, what can I do? Um, and when January 2020 came, the other organization was going through some changes. Mm. Um, but I was th- there to help through that transition. And Michelle, uh, I don't know. I think she reckon uh, she just saw what I was doing and just reached out. Like, I remember it was like. January 2020, and I just finished writing all my goals for what I wanted <laughs> that year. I was like, I want to work ladies of hip-hop. And then Michelle calls, texts me or calls me. I'm, like, in California at home, and she goes, hey, I would love for you to work with ladies of hip-hop. Yo. And I'm, like, easiest, you know, answer in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, I'm like, yes. And so that's when I started just working with her. And I don't think I had a, really a title at the time. It was mm. just kind of like... How can I help? Because right. Ladies of Hip Hop is an amazing organization, and it's really Michelle has been powering that organization with a lot of community support, mm. like during events and things. But she's been powering that organization for almost twenty years now, and so at the time it was like maybe seventeen years, yeah, eight, sixteen years, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So I was helping put together the festival in twenty twenty, and the pandemic hit. Mm. And we had to switch around, and we started doing digital things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think just my increasing involvement, like with ladies of hip hop outside of my nine to five, mm-hmm. um, just led to me wanting to do more. And Michelle being like, "Hey, like, would you like to, you know, help in a more official capacity?" And so my title, you know, nonprofit again. The title right. is a title. It's not really applicable yeah. to what we actually all do. But it's program director. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But now today, I help a lot with the operations. Um, I help, I've helped lead and facilitate our training company. Um, and I just help with production of the festival and anything in between when it comes to nonprofits. And I help oh. run the studio as well that we have in Queenstown. Dope. That's awesome. And like, yo, that, that power manifestation, so real. Sometimes you just got to put it out there and so, so that way it can come back to you. Yeah. God really saw me there. He's yo, like, yep. You got, you got to declare it. He wants to hear you say it first. <laughs> That's awesome though. So let's get into the, the festival itself. Um, so it's what, like five days, four or five days? Now long? it is, yes. Now it now is. Now it's five. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one was like, like I was watching throughout the week, just keeping updated with it. And I was like, yo, this is big in like a good way. Like, mm -hmm. um, so there's workshops, classes, uh, panels, like Q&A type panels, mm -hmm. and then the sort of big showcase and yeah. battle weekend. Yeah, and the added day, which is now making it five, mm -hmm. is we did like summer school, like oh. just like hip hop summer school. It was more of like an education day. So Dope. recognizing how a lot of institutions are now trying to incorporate hip hop mm. into that curriculum or into different spaces that go beyond yeah. where hip hop has previously been for so long. Um, there's a lot of conversation around that. Um, yeah. And so we, um, Michelle thought it was important to have you know, a day where people could just come and listen to a lot of incredible, you know, um, professors in the mm. way of the way, um, like Latasha Barnes and Aisha Upchurch really like talking about what it means when mm. hip hop op oh, like comes into those spaces. That's dope. That's really, that's a really good like update to what's going on now. Um, and then there, there's a, like ladies of hip hop has its own space, right? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, is it a studio or? Yeah, it's a studio. So it's a partnership with Snipes. Right, and, right, right, right. Um, it's a studio in Long Island City. Okay. Uh, you can find it on Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we do largely. It's a largely a space for rehearsals and our programming, and as well as other events. So it's mm -hmm. like rent, largely rental based okay. outside of like um, a lot of leaves of hip hop dance company rehearsals, mm. ladies in training. Um, snipes events and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and like it, the rentals are open, like anybody can yeah. rent it. That's awesome. Yeah, we're on Pierce Space and from our website hey. directly. <laughs> <laughs> how long How long has that space been open? Do you know? May 2022. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's like pretty, pretty new. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and then besides the, the festival, um, are there like other activations like throughout the year that Ladies mm -hmm. of Hip Hop is involved with? Like, um, are there any other like functions that you know uh, Ladies of Hip Hop does? Mm -hmm. I think it's an evolving discussion. Mm. Um, right now, the focus there's a lot of energy around the Ladies of Hip Hop Dance Company mm -hmm. and specifically the project Black Dancing Bodies. Mm. Um, and so, since 2021, I want to say. Um, We've been doing a lot of work, commissioned work and residencies with Jacob's Pillow, oh. as well as Guggenheim Works in Process yeah. has been a really huge supporter of Ladies of Hip Hop. Um, and Lincoln Center has also been a really good supporter, great Dope. supporter. And other you know, organizations and arts organizations and festivals yeah. have been just commissioning and bringing out, like wanting Ladies of Hip Hop to perform more. Mm. And so we've seen a really big boost mm -hmm. in that, those kind of requests. Um, as well as like documentation of like culture and history. Yeah. You know, I think because it is the 50th anniversary this year, even like a few years back, people have been a lot more 
concern, not concerned, that's the wrong word, but uh, taking initiative mm. in really wanting to document the perspectives and events and like lives of folks who are um, really contributing to hip hop culture. Yeah. And so Ladies of Hip Hop through Michelle has um, also been part of those conversations. Dope, dope. Are you, are you performing with the team too? Or are you just on like the admin side? Um, I'm largely on the admin side. Right. I do perform with the company um, when it's goes when it's a more diverse um, like commission. Mm. Um, it depends on the project. Gotcha. Um, but I hope to be able to dance more with the company. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I'm still dancing outside with all the projects that happen, <laughs> and, um, as well as the blazing training. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so cool to hear the. Uh, the other organizations that have been pulling uh, Ladies of Hip Hop in like Jacob's Pillow and like the Google, because yeah. I hear the same exact thing with like Layer Rhythm yeah. or um, Full Circle Soldiers, Rockefeller and, and Quick Steps crew. Yeah. So it's nice to hear that these are like reliable, or it sounds like reliable organizations that are bringing in hip hop dance, I guess not just for the sake of hip hop dance, mm -hmm. but like actually bringing in the organizations and the people that are super passionate about this culture and this space. Um, I've, I've, I've yet to like, well, I guess not how, once I was in a space, I was shooting uh, one of Layer Rhythm's performances out like all the way out in Long Island, like near the Hamptons. Right. Um, really dope space. I think it's called the church. It was like literally like a converted church to an art space. Um, but going up there, I was just curious and wondering, like, how is this gonna? You're fine. How is this gonna exist in this space? Because I don't yeah. like layer rhythm. I had only seen in New Blue, like in the club, you know, the way it is uh, every month. And also, yeah, there's there's a whole different culture of audience out in the Hamptons, right? right? <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know, you know, what they like. Will they like this, you know? Um, but it ended up being, like, a really cool uh, cross-culture experience. Mm -hmm. of, like, I can tell certain people were seeing, like, flexing for the first time. Oh, yeah. And, like, being amazed and in awe. Um, and, and I think it goes back to that whole thing of, like, well, yeah, like, if you're taking the time to watch a performance like like a hip-hop based performance um then you're giving it that time and respect right and and to see it actually as art you know not just like a street performance or like you know just uh you know something that doesn't get that same value and credit that like other styles may get because you know they're involved in other cultures that have lots and lots of money <laughs> Yeah. So, I, I like I, I guess like, do you see on, on your side of things, especially because you're more you know in the in the community than I am? Um, are you seeing more of that crossing over? Are you seeing hip hop staged in the right way? You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oof. It's a nuanced question. <laughs> um, I think one thing is. There's a representation of art of how we like just how we define art in mm. the states that I think it's misnomered and some. I mean, it's very heavily so, uh, defined by obviously those with money who are often you know older white rich men. And um, you know if you there's I don't 
have the academic knowledge of it, mm. but historically, you know, art used to be very community centric, mm -hmm. and especially in other cultures. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know when, but at some <laughs> point, they decided that putting art on display in like a sterile white room mm. or like these really fancy places was a way of elevating. Mm. And that became, I mean, I guess it could have even started in the world, you know, like ballet was like, you know, really became a thing in the world, like courts of Louis in France. Mm. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> the, yeah, there's something about that when suddenly we were like, oh, that's valuable. Mm. And other art in other spaces, not so much. There's like some, at some point, like that delineation yeah. occurred to like the majority, the mass. Um, and so seeing hip hop being brought into these spaces, I mean, that was part of why like, you know, hip hop summer school was like a day uh, for the festival this year. It's interesting because they're wanting it now. Hmm. And I'm sure it comes from good intentions. Mm. I do. And I think, but I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, we can, you know, a lot, these companies know how to create an, an, an environment, an energy. And yeah. so, and one thing that we know is that like hip hop dance companies or street and club dance companies are very versatile and like know how to, and flexible. They know how to like operate in a space and make it work. Mm. So I think no matter what, you're going to get a good show. No matter <laughs> what, you're going to get an incredible experience because they know how to bring people in. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the environment that we are having to structure ourselves to or adapt to, there are certain things, right? I mean, the biggest thing is floor, <laughs> right? And we talk about this a lot in the dance community. We yeah. really do. And I, it's kind of wild because pre-2020, I was a lot less aware of it. Like, I never thought about it. Like, oh, Marley, like, whatever. Hmm. Like, you know, we would rent spaces wherever you could, Yep. right? And there's only one floor that's available one studio that's available for street shoes and mm. everywhere else you have to have your shoes off you're dancing on marley and they would yell at you if you've left skid marks and it's like that's definitely not for my shoe but okay <laughs> like and we don't realize that but a lot of spaces a lot of theaters have a permanent marley floor. i mean the one we're on right now yeah it's a permanent marley floor yep. and so when you're bringing in other dance forms beyond beyond like ballet um co-opted jazz because it's not real jazz but like co-opted <laughs> jazz all those type of things co like jazz. it's good. you're we're putting a lot of pressure on our bodies yes so there's that question of like how if they're really serious about the institutions are really serious about bringing different dance forms finally into these spaces mm -hmm. after keeping them outside of these spaces intentionally for so long mm -hmm. there is a question of like how are you going to mold the structures the places themselves to be able to hold yeah. different kinds of cultures yeah because right now i know there are people who are, are really being intentional about it but it, there's still a long way to go mm -hmm. yeah that's fair i totally get that um yeah what you were saying about like art and like the way it's perceived especially like in this american culture reminded me um something uh my lay from layer rhythm told us on the show that in france there's like an artist stipend yeah. basically that like you're just entitled to get some money every year yeah. even if you're an artist that you know still like just creating stuff or whatever and it's like wow how right. refreshing <laughs> yeah i mean no that's a huge point though because yeah. ladies of hip-hop festival gets a lot of international mm. artists and you know our showcase it's a it's a showcase but folks aren't paid to perform mm -hmm. right like we're very transparent about that but for a lot of folks coming internationally, like, it's a shock because they're like, your government is not supporting. It's like, no, 
a government is not supporting Yo, this. imagine. <laughs> like, we can't, you know, and... But it's a lot of um, artists will request for invitations, like formal documentation, to help them for to get like money yeah. from the government. But I'm like, wow, like the fact that that's an option for you, right? It's just like bewildering Dude, and amazing. Blew my mind when she's. I was like, like that's a real thing. Like yeah. now, today, in 2023, that's awesome. Um, I, uh, I'm like kind of sad we're gonna like wrap up okay. a little bit here but like just crunched for time of course i see the I see the glances yeah yeah I'm like, as an mm, organizer mm, myself mm. i understand <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no um just want to end on like a where do you kind of see yourself going with dance are there tangent goals is it just kind of you just letting letting the path lead you you know what where do you see yourself going with dance yeah, I think, I mean, I'm going to continue just dancing and taking, you know, where I can connect with folks, I will. Um, definitely want to produce more mm. in terms of, I really enjoy creating spaces where people can just celebrate yeah. and, like, be together. Yeah. And so definitely want to do more of that. Mm. Um, yeah, just, I think I'm just becoming more intentional on spending time, like, true time with folks um, and enjoying, like, just dance <laughs> then like i have this specific goal that mm -hmm. i need to reach at this time dope yeah love it it honestly makes a lot of sense like i i kind of like not to toot my horn but i feel like i'm like pretty in tune with just like understanding uh, emotions and energy that people give off mm. just like the the energy that they project um, so it's nice to like sit here and talk with you and confirm all the energy that I've already felt about you. It's like, yeah, I can tell you multifaceted, a lot of respect, uh, especially for the culture. Um, and just like that openness to want to just enjoy the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. This is awesome. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having I, me. Yeah. I was so shocked and honored. I no, like, oh, no. I, like, you've been on the list for a minute. Oh, yeah. It's cool that y'all are doing this. Respect. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> um, if you want anyone to reach out to you, follow you, feel free to plug anything that's coming up, anywhere they can find you. I mean, I'm plug Ladies of Hip Hop first. Uh, <laughs> yes, camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at Ladies of Hip Hop on Instagram, ladiesofhiphop.com on the website. Um, our Instagram is the best place for you to get all the info regarding ladies of hip hop, particularly. If you want to follow me as a human, uh, at Marina Pocket on Instagram. Pocket is not my last name, as many people actually <laughs> think it is not. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll post things I'll be up to. Performing a few times, I think, for the next summer, this summer, but stay tuned. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Marina. Yeah. Marina. <laughs> Peace, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>